everyone has those stories about co-workers and things that happen on the job and all those kind of things. As a teacher, I tend to collect a lot of stories. And those stories, they can be about students or they can be about other teachers and other adults that work in education. Today, let's dive into some of those teacher stories from the classroom on Tom Said What? episode will be coming out in the beginning of September and in the United States that's traditionally around the time that most uh, school years start. Many school years start throughout the month of August. Some of them wait until after the first Monday in September which in the United States is a holiday called Labor Day. And so the beginning of September always gets me thinking about the beginning of the school year and therefore the many different stories that I have from having been in school for a really long time, both as a student and, of course, now as a teacher. So I'd like to start off with a couple of stories um, that I always think are really funny, um, and those are about the fact that I am a recess monitor. Um, some school districts um, in the United States, in order to find a way to have enough people to monitor the students throughout the whole school day, they take what they call the specials teachers or the encore teachers or whatever terminology they would like to use to describe people who don't teach a quote-unquote core subject, and they make sure to fill up their days with all sorts of extra stuff. For example, as a music teacher, I get not only um, morning duty where I have to, you know, observe the students and watch them and make sure they're going where they're supposed to be going, but I also end up with recess duty. Now, it's one of the kind of expected, like, duties of my contract, so I'm not complaining about this here. I'm just saying that that's something that I end up doing that, you know, classroom teachers or core content teachers typically are not asked to do because they assume that I have the time and the ability to do said things so anyway but the recess duties never been all that bad um, a couple of different schools have done it slightly differently at one school where I was doing recess duty I only had to do it like one maybe two days a week if I remember correctly and it was with the kindergarten and first graders and also the eighth graders imagine that so I have <laughs> I have out on the recess pad I have eighth graders kindergartners and first graders now thankfully we had a separate area that was like um, fenced off with like um, playground equipment so slides and 
you know, little monkey bars and all sorts of things like that, um, that the kindergartners and first graders were able to go into. And then the rest of the space was, you know, available for the eighth graders. And the idea here, thankfully, was that the eighth graders wouldn't run over the little kids because, you know, eighth graders probably aren't the best at making sure that they're paying attention to where they are going. No crazy stories from that time when I was doing recess. This was at the Catholic school that I worked at. Those of you who have listened to my work history uh, episode will understand um, where that falls in my timeline. But uh, yeah, nothing crazy happened out at recess in those cases. It was always just like, okay, well, make sure the little kids get into their area so the big kids don't run them over. And that was always the, you know, issue we would run into. But normally it was okay. Normally it was all right. Uh, Since I've been in the school district that I'm in now, which is I'm going into my fifth school year in that school district, I have two different recess groups and I only do it Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. But it's one group of fifth graders and one group of fourth graders. And we rotate through a series of four different places throughout the uh, school building as we, you know, go through the different weeks of school. Well, this school year, I'll focus a little bit on this school year, but then I'll talk a little more broadly with some other interesting stories. But um, this school year, the fourth graders out on the recess uh, area, um, out on what we call the east side of the building, because it's on the east side of the building, and there's a little strip of, um, you know, pavement for them to play on, also a little bit of grass and a couple of trees and stuff. Well, the first day we're out for recess with the fourth graders is the first day of school. And I barely know any of these fourth graders because this is the first year that I'm teaching them. Um, Now there's a couple of them that I've met in the past through different like uh, things. For example, we do Saturday piano lessons and a couple of them have been my piano lessons. So I know them from that. But other than that, like I barely know any of these kids. But of course, what do they find the very first day that they are outside on the recess pad? Cicadas. Um, For those of you who don't know what a cicada is, it's a bug that their life cycle depends on them. Like the eggs get laid, they hatch, and then they burrow themselves like underground for a certain amount of time. And there are yearly cicadas, ones that, you know, only spend a year underground and then hatch and come up and then they like shed their exoskeleton on the tree and get these wings and they fly off to go you know make the next generation and stuff like that Um, and then there's like other cicadas that come out at like different time periods there's some that come out every six years or some that come out every like 14 years or some crazy thing like that and so we've got all these different kind of cycles that these bugs are living on but these are like common yearly cicadas they find like four or five exoskeletons stuck to the tree and then of course what do they find one big cicada this might have been one of the biggest cicadas i've ever actually seen in person um and it's just clearly freshly out of its exoskeleton out of its you know 
metamorphosis. It's got its wings out, and the wings have to dry out before it can fly anywhere. So it's just trying to climb back up the tree. And I got these fourth graders like brandishing sticks and being like, "Kill the bug! Kill the bug!" I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! You gotta, you gotta stop and think about this. Is the bug harming anybody? Is the bug in the way of anybody?" If the answer is no, then if it's outside, we leave it alone. We let the bug live if it's outside. And I had to explain to them that the rule in my house is if they find a bug outside, that's where the bug lives, you leave it alone. If you find a bug inside, that bug has lost its right to live and all bets are off. Anyway, that was super interesting. And then this year, with the fifth graders. Now I know most of the fifth graders, some of them are new into the school district, but I know most of the fifth graders. On the second day of recess, of course we've got like girl, boy girl drama with the girls are all sitting by the fence because they're too cool for school, don't want to get caught having fun at recess or something like that. And of course the boys are throwing the football around because that's what the boys are gonna choose to do. And of course, the ball gets thrown over by the girls and happens to hit one of them. And they're like, they threw that on purpose. They're trying to hurt us, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, they're not doing any of that. They're just playing and they're not paying enough attention to be considerate. So I had to make the boys apologize. And then I had to tell them to just stay away from each other, which, you know, is easier said than when you're a fourth or fifth grade person, you know, they're just not necessarily thinking with all of their brain yet because they haven't developed all of their brain yet. A couple other interesting stories about recess. Um, Last year, I had some fifth graders one of our recess areas is in a field next to the school building but it's just an empty lot where there could have been another house and so it's right next to a house with a backyard and a six-foot privacy fence and all that kind of stuff and of course we tell the students to stay away from the fence and move away from the fence and why are you so close to the fence and everything we always we tell them this all the time i cannot tell you how many times i have said this but of course one of the balls that they're playing with ends up over the fence well they can see it like they see it it's like like it went over the fence but it was like right next to the fence like down on the ground so they're trying to like dig a hole under the fence to grab this ball and pull it back over onto our side of the fence. And I was just like, guys, leave it alone. We'll go knock on the person's door like later on, but you you lost it because you weren't paying attention and you weren't following the rules. Like leave, leave it all alone. Like, come on, man. Think, think a little bit about this. That's just not going to work. Anyway, those are a couple of my interesting recess stories. Let's talk a little bit about some of those times when teachers and parents have to like come together. For example, parent-teacher conferences. For the last few years, parent-teacher conferences, for me, I hate to use this word when it comes to education, but parent-teacher conferences for me have been super easy. 
Like, <laughs> I show up at our middle school. If the elementary school students or teachers, the fourth or fifth graders, really need to go hold me, I can schedule something outside of this time. But I show up at the middle school, and I basically spend six hours, eight hours, I don't even know how long it is, like sitting at a table just doing whatever work I think I need to get done with my laptop open, with my name tag out, and maybe one or two people in that whole time will come up and say hi to me. Almost no one has issues with me as the music teacher. And if they do have issues, like obviously we've probably already talked about it, um, especially if I'm trying to be proactive, like I think I've always been, like no one comes and sees the music teacher. There's practically no reason for them to come see the music teacher. And like, I just, it's, you know, always interesting to me that like I'm just sitting there and there's nothing really for me to do um, sometimes I get sat next to the band teacher who's collecting money for trips or he's doing all sorts of other things and I just always feel like man I'm literally just sitting here and he's doing all that work but uh, I mean it happens I do all my paperwork that needs to get done I file my you know, um, tests that are like district-wide tests and things like that. Um, yeah, parent-teacher conference is always kind of boring for me, but there was one really interesting thing. So parent-teacher conferences take place in the evenings, at least afternoons into the evenings um, in my school district. And so at some point we're released for lunch, typically, or dinner, depending on the timing of everything. And sometimes that's provided by the school district or the school, and sometimes that's, you know, you gotta provide for yourself. Well, I found that for these things that take place in the evenings, parent-teacher conferences, and also open house, open house as well, um, things that happen in the evenings, and as a music teacher, concerts that I have to attend that are in the evening, and, and or concerts that I've, you know, set up and I'm directing in the evenings, I have time to fill because it does not make sense for me to go home from any of the schools that I have worked at. I live too far away from either of the schools to make the gas worth it or to make the time worth it. So I just have some extra time and spend some time hanging out at the school building. I'll usually go out and get myself some dinner. And a lot of times I get dinner from places that I typically would not go to get dinner from. And I've come to this weird like observation. I almost always eat Chipotle by myself. Like as a family, we practically never go to Chipotle. Like we like Mexican food. It's just, we make tacos at home a lot of times. Um, I don't know why we don't go to Chipotle as a family much, but we just don't. And so I end up going to Chipotle by myself almost every open house, almost every time that I have to, you know, spend some time out at school before and then have something that I have to do in the evening. And yeah, that's what I end up doing. I end up going to Chipotle. It's pretty funny. Anyway, I just thought that was a weird observation. So those are a couple of stories that I think show a little bit about 
my experience as a teacher and those things that are outside of the regular classroom. I think we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, I've got some interesting teacher drama stories I'd like to share with you. And welcome back. As promised before our break, today, I, well, right now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the different teachers and some of the teacher drama that I have dealt with in my almost 11 years now of teaching. Well, thankfully, there aren't many of them that directly involved me, and I am grateful to have worked with a number of really good educators teachers that are dedicated to their students, teachers that want to always see their students succeed and are always looking out for the best interests of people. So there's a couple of interesting stories I'd like to start off with. So some of the funny ones to start off that aren't necessarily teacher drama, but I think can be included here. We had a substitute teacher who was on the regular substitute list at the Catholic school that I taught at The reason he was on the regular substitute list was because he was a little bit older and he also, um, he helped fund the school originally, which is kind of interesting to think about. And so he would come in and, you know, sub a couple of days a week sometimes for whoever needed to be out that week uh, or that day in the school building. His name was Jack, I remember. And he was always a character in the lunchroom because he would always end up having lunch at about the same time that I did. And I just remember it just being always funny. He would come in, he'd be talking to anybody, any of the other teachers, because he'd known them all uh, because he'd been subbing there for the longest time and he knew everybody. And there was one, this always sticks out in my brain, there was one fourth grade teacher who was from Iowa and for some reason he always liked to make this joke that iowa you know the state in illinois i-o-w-a that it's an acronym and it stands for idiots out wandering about and he would always make this joke to her she would always roll her eyes and then would just continue on eating her lunch or whatever and i i just i don't know why that sticks out in my brain it does But he was a great guy. He subbed for me a couple of times as a music teacher um, uh, whenever I had to be out for whatever reason. And so, yeah, it was really interesting. It was really an interesting guy to see and to talk to. And, yeah, there's one thing. It wasn't necessarily drama, but it was, you know, weird interactions between colleagues. Um, At that Catholic school, there was one, there was another teacher that, I guess this kind of counts as drama, but it was a third grade teacher, and I was trying to look for a little bit of support to see, like, how she manages them, like, in her classroom, because I've been having a little bit of issue with them. So then I would, like, I went to her, and I was like, they were having a really rough day in music class today, and she's like, Tom, I can't do anything for you. You need to just take control of your classroom. And, like, I hadn't even finished. Like, I was just going to ask her, like, what are her strategies in her own classroom? Because that's the same group of students. And I was just so 
like taken aback by the fact that she was not going to be collaborative with me. She wasn't even going to give me the time of day to like be able to figure out like a way for me to help her students succeed in my classroom. And I was like, I don't want you to do the work for me. Like, I just want a little bit of help and figure out what works for you and I'll adapt it for myself. But she was not having it, like nothing, not at all. And I remember that group was the group I ended up having for the lockdown drill and they would not stop talking during a lockdown drill and i was just like you guys you you need to take this seriously and then like when i reported that back to her she again blew me off like nope that was all your responsibility you should have been able to keep them quiet and i'm like really like there's only so much that I was able to do at that point. This was only like my second year teaching. And I was like, I'm just looking for a little bit of support and a little bit of help in this situation. I'm not asking you to do it for me. I know how to do my job, but I'm asking to figure out, can I synthesize something from what you do to make it work better in my room? And the fact that she like, just wouldn't even give me the light of day just annoys me to no end. Like, I just don't, I just don't get it. Anyway, so that was that teacher drama that I had to deal with there. Um, and I thankfully have stayed out of the other teacher dramas as much as possible. But recently, another one has come up and I just, I gotta talk about it really quick because I, I think I don't understand it and I just don't know what exactly is going on. But anyway, at the middle school that I'm currently at, I have what I like to affectionately call door duty. It's for the walkers, the ones who need to walk home. I have to stand by the door, let them out, make sure that they are actually headed home or getting into a car and all of that. Well, I've done that for the last four years. Like that's been my job. But then they just added a bunch of other teachers to that because they managed to take a bunch of the encore teachers off of bus duty and they assigned a bunch of the paraprofessionals and other teachers and stuff to bus duty who've never had bus duty before so they had to go deal with that well one of the teachers who no longer had bus duty had door duty with us and is supposed to apparently supposed to come out and like help us like herd the kids away well i always stand by the door i've always got at least one other teacher out there with me and apparently there's supposed to be two other teachers honestly i've been able to handle it myself for the last like four years so i don't know why we suddenly need all these people over there to do it but whatever um but apparently one of them just wanted to stay upstairs by her classroom and like help the student make sure the students get down the stairs and out the door and so she told one of the other teachers that oh uh they i'm gonna stay upstairs and like that other teacher told the team lead who's the band director like oh she was asked to stay upstairs and so then the band director's like well that's weird because the other teams aren't supposed to pull us from our stuff we're supposed to be able to do what we're supposed to do and so he goes to like the eighth grade team and asks like, oh, so who asked to have this other teacher like stay upstairs and like herd the eighth graders down? And they're all like, no one, no one asked anything about that. So then he goes back to this original teacher who, and she's like, well, I just chose to stay upstairs myself. So then apparently there was drama there because like, 
that's not what she was supposed to have done and she can't just pick where she wants to be and then she's like given this other teacher the one that she originally talked to about it like the silent treatment and like it's like the these women are older than i am which you know isn't all that old but still they are not our students they are not high school students they are grown women and i just don't understand it i just don't get it this is also coming from someone who i don't watch reality shows i don't care for drama like give me a good comedy or give me some informational thing any day i don't need your drama like i just don't it just keep it away from me if you would please so i just i don't i get mixed up in this because the other teacher the one that the first teacher told of course is like kind of like my kind of like my work bestie like she's the one that i always talk to like we always make time to have a chat almost every day that i'm here and last year not last year two years ago when it was during the pandemic and we were teaching from home we made an effort to you know have like a video conference almost every friday like at some point she would call me or i would call her and like i'd be sitting at my kitchen table and just chatting with her while i'm grading all of my work because uh, fridays during the pandemic we were um uh, remote but not live so we would have like required things for the students to work on but we were not live with the students during those class periods they were given that time to work on their stuff to get their stuff worked on and to be able to be completed and all that kind of stuff anyway that was just you know neither here nor there the rest of that story about the um you know the phone calls and stuff but just the fact that there's just teacher drama i just i don't get it and i want it to not be a part of my life but as long as i'm a teacher i'm pretty sure it will be Anyway, I hope you enjoyed some of those uh, random stories from the school yard or from the classroom today. And uh, I hope that you are having a wonderful day. And I will talk to all of you next time. Bye.